0: Come on this journey with me. Each week when you join me, we are going to chase down our goals, overcome adversity, and set you up for a better tomorrow. I'm ready for my close-up. Hi, and welcome back. I'm so glad you're joining me. This last week has been beyond crazy. Number one, I'm losing my mind being in quarantine this long. And I know some people are in different situations. For some people, it sounds like there's been moments where it's been really great and they're spending family time and they have a house and a yard and, you know, things to do. The difference for me, and everyone has their own unique experience, so I'm not saying one is better or harder, but mine has not been that great in that it's challenging being in a condo in Miami because we can't really leave. When you try to leave the building, you come into contact with so many people, it's overwhelming. And some people really respect social distancing. Some don't even wear masks. Tonight, I was in an elevator with Two people I didn't get on actually. I, I opted not to. The elevator stopped on my floor to get me. And there was two people in their twenties with no masks on, dressed up to go out. And I just thought, oh my gosh, we live in a country of two worlds where some people are like me with masks and gloves on, you know, opting to take the stairs, which frankly I need to because I'm getting zero steps in every day. And, you know, it's a crazy time for everyone. I have a lot of empathy for everyone. I've made the choice to lead with empathy because I don't want to get annoyed and try to have as much understanding as possible. And the reason why I do that is I need to have understanding for myself. I even had a major meltdown on my son last night, which I really never do. I mean, I don't even maybe one other time in quarantine, i done this, but I just lost it on him. He's very funny and he imitates me a lot. He imitates everybody a lot, not just me. And he's very, very funny. And he was imitating me right before bed last night. And I had a super stressful day today. And he started pretending to be me, you know, because I'm, stressed out and he knew it. And was talking about how much I had to do today and how overwhelming it is and how I want to get organized. And I want to run through the agenda, his class schedule matching with my work schedule. And when will I feed him? And, you know, just chaos. We're in a very small condo. So he started pretending to be me and I snapped. I just lost it. And I yelled at him and oh, I felt awful after, but I wanted him to know how hard I work and how while I try not to involve him in any of this, this has been really difficult pivoting an entire company and business where my number one revenue stream was flying to events and speaking at events, and now that's completely gone. And that I'm really working so hard, and I've made some bad choices and undersold myself and overcommitted myself, but they were things I needed to do to move quickly and create new revenue, and I'm learning as I go, and I'm, I'm trying to be really understanding the mistakes that I make and proud that I've moved so quickly to market. However, when he decided to make fun of me at 9 o'clock at night the night before I have a chaotic day, and I'm stressing out because I wasn't prepared for a few things – I lost it, and it was a really awful feeling. I went in to say goodnight to him after, and he didn't really have much to say to me. He was very hurt, I could tell, and I didn't sleep at all last night, which, gosh, you know compounds everything when you have a crappy night's sleep on top of having a bad showing like that and not a great parenting moment. And this morning I went in there and just laid down next to him and told him how sorry I was, and he said, you know what, Mom, it's my fault. I shouldn't have made fun of you. And it was sort of an interesting moment, and I don't know what the right answer is. That's what's so hard about freaking parenting, right, is that we never really know what the right answer is. I just said to him, it's not your fault. You joke around with me all the time, and 99.9% of the time, I'm laughing with you. This one time, I lost it. That's because I wasn't handling my stress and my emotion correctly, and that's my fault, and I'm committing to you to do a better job. And I told him, I said, sometimes you really help me a lot when you stand next to me and say, let's do the breathing. Because my whole life with him, I always say, all right, calm down. Let's do the breathing. Deep breaths. We can get through this. We can handle this. I mean, he imitates me, and it's super funny. But sometimes now I see him say to me, mom, come here. All right, let's do the breathing. You know, he coaches me up when I need it. And I told him, I said, in the future, if you see me getting unraveled like that, please come grab my hand and help me do the breathing because that's really what mom needs. And so he told me he would help me. But I didn't want him to feel to blame. You know, I don't want him to grow to be an adult that blames himself for things when other people need to be responsible for their behavior. So I wanted to accept responsibility. I did apologize to him. I, I felt terrible about it. He was just being funny. And I, I just couldn't handle It's like the straw that broke the camel's back. I'm so freaking sick of being inside. And I actually went out to the park today to work out with my girlfriend who's a trainer, socially distanced, but I just felt so lucky for that opportunity. And again, I know some people aren't living like this and geez, I see in the news, some places just are living normal, but for whatever reason, I'm really cautious and that's how I'm living. And You know, just asking people not to judge me. But yeah, I definitely make it harder on myself that way. But I'm healthy and safe. And for that, I'm really grateful. So anyways, it's just been this crazy week. And I did a couple things I typically don't do, but I wanted to share with you. Going into today, I just, I had an overwhelming day. And when I was looking at my agenda for the week a couple days ago, I just said, Thursday is going to crush me. I'm not going to be able to do it. And I had a calendar invite for me being a guest on another podcast. And I'd love to do that because it helps drive new listeners for my show, helps me to expand my reach, expand my social media, which are all functions and funnels to sell more products or more downloads for my show or more books for my new book coming out or more courses for my mentoring program. So for me this all feeds my business. It's business related and I try to make good business decisions. So sometimes I overextend myself to do things like that because you never know what the payoff could be. It could really help. Sometimes it doesn't do much at all, but you know it's also helping people's shows and you know you want to try to help out whenever you can. So I've done a million podcasts which allows me to be a better podcaster and pay it forward. So I I ended up a few days ago. I've never done this before. I had accepted a calendar invite to do a show for somebody else and I canceled it. And the poor guy sent me an email right away and he said, "Heather, oh my gosh, I just got a decline on the calendar invite that you had already accepted. What is going on? And is there any way we could reschedule for June?" And it was so nice of him and I wrote back, "Oh my gosh, thank you so much. So appreciate you saying that. Of course we can reschedule or, you know, whatever for June. That's not a problem. I happen to overcommit myself on this day. And I have paid events that I'm speaking for that I I need to be present for. That's paying my bills. And I really appreciate you understanding. And he was so kind about it. So it worked out. But it just reminded me, you know, sometimes saying no is hard, even in different dynamics. You know, maybe I should have said no when he initially asked me and just said, it. let's hold off to June or July, which is now what I'm doing to people. I'm just saying July and July and August now, because there's so many commitments and so many moving parts. And I'm trying to learn how to become more efficient, effective and automated in this new business that I'm getting into. It's taking a lot more time than I had forecast and it's been much more challenging than I thought. Does't mean it hasn't been rewarding or amazing and there's so many amazing things I want to share with you around that topic around this new business, the mentoring program, and how great it's going. And I'm grateful for the opportunity to be able to impact people's lives. It makes me cry. I am so grateful and I see magic happening and having that feeling of being a part of something that's magical. I can't put words to it after, you know, 20 something years working for the quote-unquote man to drive revenue and increase shareholders' value and net worth was nothing. It meant nothing to me, and this really means so much. But this is really freaking hard. You know, I'm learning how to connect apps through Zapier. I didn't even know what Zapier was a year ago. I'm learning how to set up a Shopify store. I'm learning how to connect Shopify with Flowdesk. I'm learning how to work type form and online questionnaires. And and so that I don't have to send touch everything and send all the emails. And there's so much automation out there. It's mind blowing. And truly there are days it's overwhelming because I try to do my job. I try to do my show, do my social media, which drives so much of my business for me. And I, I get so frustrated with it. It can be really annoying. Then I try to go on as a guest to other things and pitch myself for other media outlets to expand my reach, grow my business. Then I have my mentoring program, I have my new book deal for my new book that's coming out. You know, so I have all these different things that are happening. And then I, I'm very blessed that I have a couple of people who have reached out to me that want to collaborate and do some virtual programs because they saw that I launched a program, one being a Harvard professor and the other one being an expert in digital. So I want to do both, right? I want to do it all. Of course I want to do it all. But I haven't perfected my blueprint and my plan yet, which has been challenging. I need to figure that out so I've got that running and automating as much as physically possible and making sure that that's really efficient, effective, and going great so that I can jump into these new things. And it was funny, the professor from Harvard, you know, he's not doing all these different things right now like I am, so he keeps sending me pings. Hey, what's up? I thought we were doing this. Where are we at? And... I had to hold myself accountable to him. And the way I did that, I kept putting it off and putting it off. And finally I just said, okay, let's set up a time for this day. It was actually yesterday. And this time, and let's jump on a call. And I just told him, I said, I'm overwhelmed right now. It's so important to me to do this project and and this event with you because I think we're going to kill it and help so many people and drive revenue for ourselves and learn a lot from it like I'm learning from this other business We need to do it. It's very specific around sales and selling in the new COVID-19 world. And it's going to be amazing. And I love the juxtapose of him with his really academic background and me with my real life background. The end user is going to get a lot of value. And I can't wait to do it, but I just don't have the time right now. And he said to me, we were going to do essentially a four-week program, really intense, high-touch Program And it was very expensive. And he said, Heather, what if we peel back on that for a minute, pump the brakes? We can do that in August or September when you have more time. He said, but for right now, why don't we just do a virtual summit, two-hour summit, where, and then he just kind of scoped out exactly what it would look like, how simple it would be. It's really, basically, I'll tell you what it is. It's me doing my keynote that I do all the time and also including some jump in where we work directly with some of the attendees so people can see hands on how to do it themselves, which I love that idea. Super smart. Never thought of doing that. And it's a lot less expensive than my mentoring program, a lot less expensive than the high touch program he had originally suggested, which I think is helpful for people now. So the fact that I held myself accountable, even though I wanted to avoid him, because I knew I couldn't commit to him and I didn't want to lose the opportunity. I made myself get on a call with him and the minute I told him about my overwhelm, he had a solution. So, you know, it's all about holding ourselves accountable to show up, make the conversation happen, make the connection. I'm doing the same thing with the woman in the digital space. We set up a call for Saturday because I didn't have any other time. P.S. I'm recording this late at night right now because I've had the craziest day. I'm time-strapped, so I'm trying to make things work the best that I can and they're working. So that's good. And I know next month is going to be so much better because I'm doing this work and learning about automation and taking these steps to improve things. I'm going to have a lot more free time next month, which is going to feel really good and and allow me to do a lot more that I want to do, which will move my business forward even more. So that's been crazy and interesting. So today, today has been a wild day. I have, you know, in the morning, first thing what I do is I get my son ready for school and we go through his day and his agenda and make sure his notes are ready for homework, for his Zoom classes, feed and breakfast put him in his room and I let him know my schedule because this condo's small. It's a two-bedroom condo. You know, he can't come out if I'm doing Zoom or if I'm live or if I'm doing shows. And so we go through exactly what that looks like. He's been phenomenal, PS, and I'm so proud of a 12-year-old boy that has supported me like this. It's it's really amazing. So we're working together really It's a team effort around here. I promise, promise, promise you that. So we get that going. I come back out. The first thing I did for the day is I do my team email to my mentoring team, my main mentoring team to really give them some specific direction around the day and some things that they can do. And so I jump into that. Next thing I do is I jump into my social media for the day. Then the next thing that I did is I went and took a shower and (laughs) blow dried my hair, which I don't usually do. My roots are heinous. I mean, literally heinous, and I can't get an appointment for two more weeks, whatever. First world problems. Moving on. So that takes like an hour. It's such a pain. But I had a paid speaking engagement today, and I I have to look a certain way. You know, they hire a certain person in an image. You need to show up as much like her as you can. I can't wear a baseball hat like I would, you know, showing up for my team meetings when I'm with my mentoring team. I just, I don't wear makeup, and I just show up me. But you can't do that when you have hundreds of people, and they... You know, hired this person in a picture. So anyhow, so that takes time, which is super annoying. And then my first meeting today was with HarperCollins Leadership, which is my new book publisher for my second book that's coming out next year. And that was surreal and so exciting. And it was an hour long and I'm learning a lot. I've never worked with a publishing house before and I'm so grateful for this opportunity. But I have a lot to learn and a lot of questions and You know, they really want to set me up for success. So that was an intense call. And then I left that call and immediately pivoted to a LinkedIn Live that I had committed to for somebody that... I like a lot. I'd gone on his podcast. You know, it was important to him to have me on and wanted to do it. It helps me, right? It helps me expand my LinkedIn reach and engagement. And that fuels my business immensely. It's my number one business driver for my mentoring program, for sure. So I wanted to make time for that. I jump off that, get my son situated, make him lunch, regroup on what's happening in his day. And I'm spending zero time with him today. And he knew that was happening because I was so busy. And then I jump off of that. I had my zoom meeting for a podcast interview for my podcast, who you're going to meet next week, not this week. So that's for my next week, which is a really super interesting man who's a complete expert in professional sports and brain training and so cool. So that was amazing, but I have to, you have to prep a lot for things like that. And that's one of the things I don't, no people understand that I like to read people's books. I like to watch multiple interviews that they do. You know, I really want to commit myself to doing a great job. And my friend Ed Milet gave me this guy. So I, I needed to watch his interview with him. And, you know, there's just all this behind the scenes work that people don't always see that goes on if you want to do a great job or put your best foot forward when you can. So that was happening, and then I had this big speaking engagement, virtual paid speaking engagement, which was part of a bigger summit. It was an all-day event, back-to-back speakers all day, and I was the closing speaker. And it's so funny, this was the one that my friend had referred me to without me being aware of it, and it was in the publishing business, which is sort of my old media business, and I was really excited to do it. And they wanted to get into how to sell in COVID and the pandemic. Some of the things I talked about, I related it to the 2008-2009 crisis and downturn. You know, I thought everything was over back then, but it wasn't. You know, it was temporary. It passed. I kept my head down back then. What I challenged everyone to do today, pick your head up, look outside of your industry for opportunity, look outside of your industry and your company and your small circle and stop just putting your head down to the grindstone and doing the job. Pick your head up to take everything in and start learning and assessing where you can connect the dots to add value. Notice where people have been asking you things. Are they always asking you for help with their graphic design work? Are they always asking you help for their copywriting? Start noticing what people ask you for. That's how I created my mentorship program is that I notice I'm getting DMs all the time asking me to mentor people. I knew there was a need. So figure out what that need is for you and start pivoting into that. The other thing I talked about was how scary it is to reach out to clients right now, and no one wants to be the slimy salesperson, but you don't need to be, and in fact, you can do it with empathy, lead with empathy, that you're just showing up to check on someone, and that is the most powerful thing you can do. I had two people in my life that lost people close to them this week, and the best thing I did was show up for both of them and be there to listen to them and just be there for them. People don't want to feel alone and isolated, and you don't know what's going on with them. Show up as a leader. Show up as someone who cares and make that reach out today. It's critical. Then I got into the marketing element, which I did a whole podcast on this with Philip Stutz. Trust, safety, discounts. You know, There are some very specific tactics to implement right now with your clients that are going to help them to grow, which only adds value to you. Then I talked about that whole idea of what story are you telling yourself that's not empowering you and holding you back? And how can you flip it and put it to work for you? And then, of course, I brought up my hand-washing hack. Don't sing happy birthday twice. Instead, when you wash your hands eight or 10 times a day, this is what you say. I am thriving. I am confident. I am solutions-oriented. I am finding a way out of this. I am growing from this. I am crushing it in the pandemic. I get so excited to wash my hands. It works, you know? So put these things to work for you. These are some of the things that I discussed today on the virtual summit and got really great feedback. I'm super grateful for. Now I have to get to our guest because this is freaking mind-blowing. Our guest today actually came to me, not because of him, but because of his assistant, who's amazing, and happened to follow me on social media, Loved my story, liked the message, and thought it would be a really good fit. And I'm so grateful, it's so random that I didn't know about our guest. So our guest is Dean Graziosi. He's a multiple New York Times best-selling author, entrepreneur, and investor. He has started on or has been involved in 13 plus companies that have resulted in over one billion that's a b dollars in revenue for over 20 years dean has been dedicated to delivering self-education to those seeking transformation and success outside the normal path of traditional education recently he and tony robbins that's his business partner launched the Knowledge Business Blueprint with the goal of making self-education viable for millions. Great timing. It began with the largest online training in history with over 200,000 people live and has since become a movement. He lives in Arizona with his wife Lisa and his three children also, Dean is an open book. Talk about anything that you think your audience needs to hear that came direct from his assistant. So I did that, and you're going to love this interview. And I have to tell you, I don't always mention this, but there are some people that I interview, I'm so excited, and then I get to meet them, and I'm like, ah, oh, you know, I don't know, that wasn't the magic person I thought it was going to be. Here's what I want you to know about Dean. This guy's the real deal. He was so kind to me and so helpful I didn't ask him for anything. I was grateful for his time. But when you get on a Zoom with someone and you're about to record a podcast, you chat for, you know, a few minutes before you go live and I was just he's asking, "Hey, Heather, how are you doing? Like, what's happening? My team gave me all these notes on you and he had done his research, you know, through his team on me and he's asking like, "Wow, it seems like it's probably it could be hard for you to tell me about your business and what you're doing." And I did I told him how I pivoted to the mentoring and I'm trying this and I'm trying that. And he said, I'm going to do something for you at the end of this and just hang tight. I didn't know very much about him other than I'd seen him on a couple of podcasts to do my research and, you know, had kind of leaned into a couple of his earlier books, but I didn't know much more than that. And it ends up this man unbeknownst to me, gifts me his course, this new course that he has with Tony Robbins, which is all about taking businesses online. And when I tell you this course is insane, insane, It's unbelievable. I have so much value already and I have only gone through the first couple of modules. It's huge. I wanna quit my job for a week so I can get through the whole thing because I know it's gonna make me so much more money. This is the blueprint to taking a business online. And P.S., this is not an ad. He's not paying me to say this. He just sent me this course because he thought I'd really benefit from it. And it was the kindest thing that someone's done for me in a really long time. You never know how you could help people. You never know what can happen when you show up and meet someone. You just never know. So show up, put yourself out there, go on the podcast, meet the person, send the DM. I'm so grateful I met Dean and you are gonna be too. So hang tight. Meet a different guest. Hi and welcome back. I am so excited to introduce everybody today to a man you already know, Dean Graziosi. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Good to be here, Heather. It's exciting.
0: I'm really excited to have you. You know, I couldn't have found a better person to speak to today amidst the coronavirus and all of the layoffs that we're facing you know, you're someone that I look to who is light years ahead of where I am as an entrepreneur. And and I know all of my listeners right now, seeing the massive success that you've built, I think people oftentimes forget that there have been times in your life where you weren't a multimillionaire, you weren't on, you know, the top of bestseller list. And I was hoping that you might be able to give us some insight today for those of us that are in this pivot moment, that are trying to build new business, trying yeah. to just get by, you know, where do we start and what does that look
1: like? First off, congratulations on all that you've done, all the impact that you're making. I didn't know who you were a year ago, but my team, somehow they came across you and I started watching some of your stuff and then I got a big old letter from my team about what you're doing, how you're impacting lives. <laughs> so I'm, I'm really, I just want to say congratulations for not only becoming an entrepreneur, but I think it's really amazing when you become an entrepreneur and then you're session is to give back. And that's what you're doing so well. So the world needs it now more than ever. Also, I want to say for those of you listening or watching right now, I know there's a million podcasts, a million things you could be doing. And I want to tell you, if we're going to take the time, Heather's time, my time, your time, I'm going all out. I want to let you know I'm going to deliver whatever I can to help your journey. And just a little bit, but just a little bit to know is I've been through four shifts in the economy. I've been through 9-11. I was in business for all of them. And I know how it can feel. I mean, Listen, I just want to say, if you feel uncertain, if you feel a little scared, if you feel like, oh, what am I going to do next? Congratulations for being human. I mean, I was there for the dot-com bust in the late 80s and a little recession in the 90s and then 9-11 and then 2007 when it's, they called it the Great Recession. All of them were very unique. All of them, you had to have the skills to be winter proof. And I want to go through some of those today, but that combined with the fact of stay inside, don't be social. You don't know if it's really going to get people sick or not. You worry about your family. It is uneasy times, but I want to tell you in these uneasy, uncertain, unprecedented times, this really is, and I'm not just saying this and, and I don't want to you think i'm dismissing the fear the worry the stress you might have with your business or your career but these really are the times that those that dig in those who get innovative those that find a way to be creative those that can shift and pivot will exponentially grow because at the end of this heather this too shall end right every world war ended everything that's been tragic the spanish flu even before there was tech it all ends And I guess the biggest question you could ask yourself before we get into kind of more tactical stuff is, who do you want to be when this ends? Do you want to be someone that waited and hoped that someone else fixed it? That, you know, the president or the the head of your government or country, you know, solved your problem or or you're waiting to see when things open. Here's what I know. I don't know about you, Heather. I never had a Prince Charming come and save me. (laughs) I never had money deposited into my bank account. And we have to be in control of where we're going. And I truly believe this is a great time to plant seeds so you can look back in three or six months and say, during that shift, during that downtime, I filled myself with capabilities. I armed my toolbox. I got more powerful. I navigated new territory and that's the people who will create innovation and shift. So again, I know that was kind of broad, but I just, I love sharing that because I have friends right now that are hustling and they found a new sense of energy and there's no money coming in. And they're laying people off, but they found this innovation like our company has done and we're creating breakthroughs and we're actually doing better now than we were two months ago. And I have other friends that are literally sitting around Heather and waiting and complain, like, what's this president gonna do? Oh my God, what's our governor gonna do? And I didn't get any of the PPP money. And I'm not being a, a jerk. I just mean, there's two ways to approach this. And one is not gonna come out so good. And I think one's gonna come out exponential and be on a whole nother level and not feel left behind.
0: all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Monahan now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash Monahan, no matter what stage you're at, they're going to make it easy. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think the challenge, I know the challenge for me when we went to quarantine, my number one revenue driver was my speaking business. And to sit on the couch and really deal with the impact of what was happening financially, there is that tendency to freeze for a minute and just say, I can't believe this is happening. But then when you unfreeze, Okay, how do I reboot and redirect? And, you know, for me, it was wondering, is this virtual speaking world a real world? Does that pay the same? You know, there's all these unknowns, no matter yeah. what, what your skill set is and what value you're bringing to the world, that transition to try to reinvent and to try to innovate under this time crunch and pressure, is, it's challenging.
1: It is. I agree with that completely. But here's the thing the way I look at it again, maybe having a few more years in this, and I watched what happened in 9 11 and I watched what happened in 2017, and I realized there's only a limited amount of time you could pause and freeze. Like you just have to shorten that distance. It is normal. It is average. I believe at least me, I was born a pessimist who had to work really hard to be an optimist, right? My brain wants to tell me I'm not good enough. I'm an imposter. It's never going to work. Oh, this is the one that finally it's going to pull the carpet out and you're done, right? My brain wants to tell me that, but you just got to overcome that as fast as you can because when a pendulum swings so far, like this shift in the world, you know, we have completely different. In the last two months, we, we're not in the same world as we were two months ago. Look at, we just, when we first got on, I said, are you sick of Zoom? Like, this is my, you know, fifth Zoom today, right? <laughs> but the world has shifted so far, Heather, that when it goes back, it's never going to go back to where it was. And if you realize that now instead of feeling like in the book, who moved my cheese going, I'm going to sit here and wait until my cheese is back. We got to get up and hustle. We have to go find new cheese. Like we've converted all of our training. All I said, I traveled the world. This is the longest I've been home in 24 years. My partner, Tony Robbins, longest he's been home in 38 years. But what we have to realize is no Prince Charming coming. The world has shifted. You got to take uncomfortable action. And I think that's the way we pivot. And, and one thing I, again, I I can go in a lot of directions. So feel free to reel me in. But I think this one thing is really important is when a shift like this happens, Heather, our brain tells us, I can't believe we have to start over. Like I I was doing so good speaking. Now I got to start over. And it's the biggest lie we could tell ourselves because starting over feels heavy as crap. It's like a mountain on your back. Like I've done all this work. And it's never starting over. You can't take away your, your wisdom, Heather, your capabilities, your ability to impact lives, to persuade, to negotiate, to be an extrovert, to light up an audience. All of those things are there. Your ability to, you overcame your fear to start your own business in the first place. We all have to remember the truth is no matter how hard things seem right now, we're all on third base. We're alive, we're healthy, we have life experiences, we're here to fight another day. And what we're doing is if you can visualize that no one can take away your experience, no one can take away, they might take away your resources, but the most successful people in the world didn't have resources, they're relentlessly resourceful. So this is your time to invoke your courage muscle. Courage isn't like taking action in the absence of fear. Courage is taking action when you're scared to death right? So we have to invoke our courage muscle. We have to realize that we're already on third base and the pivot is nothing more than figuring out the pendulum went way over to this side. How can I fit into where things are now, right? I I don't have the answer for every different business. If I was with you face to face, maybe possibly, but some industries are struggling or going out while others are absolutely booming. So how can you take the being on third base, take your capabilities, Invoke your courage muscle, take uncomfortable action, and then look to where things went and see how you can get a piece of that or alter your business to fit into that.
0: So for you, the first thing that you did, I mean, you already had established a really strong sales funnel. You know, you have this whole program that you've created. So I feel like for you, it was a little, was it easy to pivot during this
1: time? One of our big revenues is that we do workshops in our office and I speak, I was on the road at least twice a month speaking someplace. And we do high-level workshops in our office. We could put 70 people. We made a custom place just for that. And there were people from 100-plus countries. So all of that went away. And we just sat down and pivoted and said, how can we make a virtual experience that doesn't feel like it's just a Zoom call when you're sitting in your living room? So like we just, I mean, for us personally, we obsessed on how do we play the right music? How do we do challenges? How do we mail them something in advance? If we're going to do a cocktail hour, you know, if you drink or not, let's send them a little mixer and a shaker so we can all have a cocktail hour together have lunch delivered to their house like we came up with all these creative ways to create an experience to shift and pivot because you know we we had millions of dollars collected for events that we couldn't hold we wanted to sell moving forward so yeah i mean that's just in my own personal business but i see a lot of people innovating like crazy and i also have other friends that are like i said sitting around waiting for it to go back to where it was
0: You know, you brought up the 2008-09 recession. And for me, I was in corporate America at the time leading a company. And I was so overcome by fear and this sense of gratitude, ill position. I took it as gratitude as I'm so grateful I have a job during this time. I'm so grateful that they're giving me three other jobs to do because they fired a third of the workforce. And I'm grateful to take that work on. Instead of thinking wow, I'm a really talented person who is this company's lucky that I'm in a leadership position in order to turn things around and improve, you know, and take advantage of opportunity. I didn't think like that. So I didn't look at real estate as an opportunity. I didn't pick my head up to to look around outside of my bubble and stop saying, oh, I'm just so lucky I'm getting paid right now and look beyond that. What are some of the things that you see when you pick your head up right now and look beyond as opportunities in this new virtual world?
1: I think I think this is really important. If you you know take what serves you from this interview and throw the rest away, but if we are going to be socially distanced, right? And even when they say you don't have to be socially distant, it's going to take a long time for people to feel comfortable. I might feel one way, Heather, you might not care, but I see when you go out right now, people. I I walk down my street. I I take a walk and a run almost every day. And if I pass somebody, I can see them a quarter of a mile up. They'll cross to the other side of the street. Right? I mean, so if we're socially distancing, what are some of the things you can do in your life and your business that would create a virtual connection? I think if you want to give one of the trends right now is self education, it's one of my passions, it's what saved my life. There's two-thirds of the world home right now learning on computer. When my daughter wants to learn a, you know, she's into art and she was looking to take an advanced training. She didn't look at local college courses. She didn't look at her high school. She didn't look for a teacher. She went on YouTube and found a woman in the Midwest teaching art. Like people are just learning from other people. So we know the self-education industry, the knowledge industry is exponentially growing. How do you create virtual connections? I see our Facebook groups. We have three or four Facebook groups. They were always really highly engaged. Now they're off the charts. There's people posting in one of my Facebook groups that used to average, say, 10,000 posts a month. Last month, 138,000 posts in the Facebook group because people need connection. We are, we're humans. We need to be around people. So we're looking for virtual connection, but we're not just looking for a group. We're not just looking to scroll on Instagram. We want to be a part of something bigger than yourself. I know this sounds, this is going to maybe sounds gross, but someone said once we're born with our umbilical cord and it's cut. And then we spend the rest of our life walking around looking for a place to plug it back in. (laughs)
0: I've never heard that analogy.
1: (laughs) It's a really kind of gross analogy, but it really makes sense. We're trying to plug into something where we feel a part of something bigger than ourselves. As entrepreneurs, being an entrepreneur is one of the loneliest things in the history of the world. Like when I wanted to do something different when I was young and my parents thought I was an idiot and my sister thought I was crazy, like my parents weren't that close to me because it seemed weird. My sister sat down with me and gave me an intervention like I was a gambling addict like telling me I was crazy for wanting to do this. I didn't go to school. I didn't have the money. I didn't have the resources, didn't have the education, didn't have the business experience, like everything possible. I remember friends going, Oh, Dean's a dreamer. And I guess remember feeling more distant and distant. And you listening right now, you might feel a little alone in your dreams, right? So how do we find this place where we, it's like cheers, the old show, like everybody knows your name and they're glad they came. I would say to you, Heather, and anybody, even in, in possibly your profession, how do you take or in any industry, how do you take what you're currently doing and take your community that you may already have, and how do you take it to a whole nother level? And now that you're home, like some of the communities I barely went in, I'd go in and read, but now I'm going live in these communities every week, and it's literally exponentially growing my business because someone's over in a dead community where it's just them, and they bounce over to mine, like, oh my God, this guy's in here every week. He's delivering free value. I'm gonna buy whatever this guy has, right? So we have these opportunity pockets that you just have to be, I keep using a silly word of an investigative reporter, like be obsessive. What are the trends? What What are some of the things you're doing right now as a habit that wasn't a habit two and a half months ago?
0: Eating my son's M&Ms. <laughs>
1: oh my God. Listen I'm not a big sugar person, but I have to tell you this quarantine, because there's not much else. I'm fighting not to have, you know what? All right. I'm going to just get out of character here for a second and say, I haven't had like sugary cereals since I was a kid. I grew up on Lucky Charms, Captain Crunch, Fruit Loops. I haven't had it in decades. We were at the store about a month ago and I brought my son. We had masks on and our gloves and there was nobody there. We went like six in the morning. He's like, dad, can we get cereal? I'm like, oh my God, I used to have all these. We bought Frosted Mini... I'm now completely upset. I can't go to bed without a bowl of cereal. I'm like, I have to, like, I have, I have to go to therapy now to get rid of cereal.
0: <laughs> you and the rest of the world, we are all okay. in that same <laughs> challenge together. And our friend Ed Milet even posted something the other day that he's gaining a little bit weight of weight too. So I think we're all in that. Ed's part such together. a good
1: dude. <laughs> he's such a good dude. Yeah. So I, so kind of pulling that back in. I think I think no matter what it is you do, and and maybe. I, you know, Again, I'm not sure what you do and, and your concerns. And maybe you might be thinking, well, it's easy for you, Dean, or easy for you, Heather. You're online. You're, but every industry and everything you're thinking about doing or you're currently doing, if you can find a way to virtually connect people, they just want to be a part of something. And I'll give you three other things. And this might be too specific, but people want live, not pre-recorded right? If you're online and you got a a Facebook group and you dumped a video in every day, it's completely different than if you went live in that Facebook group three days a week. Everybody's home, right? The internet usage right now is double what it was three months ago around the world, right? People are sick of going and just watching a rehashed video and they've watched all their Netflix show. They want live interaction. They want to feel you. They want real. They don't want the perfect you with the polished video. They just want the real you. So I'm finding real, raw, transparent, open community virtual connection is really an unfair advantage that most people aren't taking advantage of.
0: Are you doing that with your employees virtually too to keep them engaged? That's one of the questions I hear from a lot of leaders right now is they're struggling with that disconnect with their team and sense of
1: camaraderie. We have two things we've done. We all do a zoom meeting, but we're all on Voxer as well. And I communicate with my team all day on Voxer and I have different buckets. So I have Voxer for the entire company, And Voxer is just an app to communicate. If you don't, if you guys don't know, it's just easy to do voice memos and stuff. And then I have a Voxer uh, set up for each department, marketing, production, customer service, accounting. So if I want to inspire each one, and, and I don't go a week without at least one message to each of them and get updates. So we went, we weren't virtual. We were 87 people in our one, my one company. We were all together in one room, you know, one big building. And then overnight we were virtual. So I think it's imperative that you keep connection it's imperative that you keep painting. You have to paint the vision now more than ever. You know, the biggest sales job we ever have to do to achieve success is a sales job on ourselves. So I would say whatever it is, your goal is for your company, you got to get up in the morning and you got to put your big boy or big girl pants on and you got to sell yourself on where you want to go. You can't focus on what could go wrong If this stays, believe me, I do that and we cripple ourselves and it never helped me. Not in the history of my career has thinking of what could go wrong brought me forward. Never once. So we got to find a way not to do it. You got to sell yourself on where you go. And when you get in that state, you got to sell your team.
0: That reminds me of a point that you made in in one of your earlier books where you create that image of that negative person that you can be and where that was taking you, what that looked like and name that person and then create that new Upgraded image of speaking positively to yourself, the words that you choose, and that vision for your future, and comparing those very stark differences.
1: Yeah, Heather, I don't, I don't know about you, but I still listen. Personal growth is my life. I've been in it for twenty plus years. I have two New York Times best selling books on personal growth, and still. I still have that voice that tells me it's not going to work out, that I'm an imposter, that this is the big one. Like, uh, I'm not going to get through this one. And I still have that. And I just know if that voice is even a little bit louder than the positive voice, I cripple myself. I don't get in flow state. I don't create innovation. I don't think it could work. I go into more of like savings. Like, how can I I save? And I'm looking to play defense. And listen, we all know we can't save our way to success. It's impossible. It's like a, a football team playing defense only and not going out when it's offense time, like you can't become wealthy. You can't create freedom in your life. We have to have innovation. We have to play offense. So we have to protect that. So I do everything in my power to observe those thoughts of that. I call it my inner villain. If you you read that book, I I think it's this inner villain that's crippled me way too much. And I try to awaken my inner hero that shuts that voice down. And if it was a game, the inner hero usually wins about 51 to 49 like it's still a close game but that's all you need
0: yeah I talk a lot about firing the villains in your life and how you set yourself up to take off when you do that when you get rid of that negative person and I like how you spoke about the villain too sometimes that villain is ourselves and sometimes villain is a harsh word for people to Really correlate. I had seen an interview that you did last year or the year before when you had just gotten divorced and talked about how your business really started accelerating after you had gotten yourself out of a situation where you weren't at your best, you weren't, you know, your happiest. And then as you made some changes and evolved, things really started taking off even further.
1: And I love this conversation, by the way. It's a pleasure to meet you in person here. Well, <laughs> Zoom, right? The new, the new in person. I have to tell you, I always realized this in business that our next level of life lives on the other side of the thing we fear the most. But it never really hit me at the depth it did. Like it was almost intuitive or unconscious. I did that in my business. Like I climbed this mountain, but I want, I got to climb that next mountain. I know it's brutal, but I got to like, like business. It was like built in my DNA. I don't know why, but it was. And then all of a sudden, and some people face this in business and why I want to share that is when it came to my relationship, I I did go through a divorce and I had two children and I was a product of divorce, many divorces. My parents were divorced like eight times between them, nine times between them and uh, married and divorced nine times. And it hit something inside of me that made me so fearful that I was going to do to my kids what I never wanted done to me. And it caused this crippling, like I had anxiety, I'd never had anxiety before. I was having like crazy anxiety. Like I was popping Xanax twice a week just so I could sleep. And I'd never take, I don't even take aspirin. I take Xanax twice a week. I'd have a glass of wine once a week. I didn't want to be alone. I needed music playing like I was going because I wasn't facing it. I wasn't like addressing it I, and I wanted it to go away. And it was, the, it was just this craziest time in my life. And I have to be honest, I didn't realize that it affected my relationships with dear friends and business partners. It was affecting my business. And I thought, I'm a man, I got this. I'm strong, I can, I can handle this. But it was on my mind every day. And when I finally made the commitment when I finally made the commitment and said, Hey, we've been trying for a long time. My ex is a dear friend now, but I needed it to go. It's like, I finally turned my ship into the storm. Like I was afraid for my kids. I was afraid for all these things. And that's, can't that be when we want to start or scale our business? Like we had the comfy job. Like last time you were happy that you took on three different roles (laughs) and you're like, I don't want to start my own thing. That's the thing I fear. I'm looking like, I want it, but I look away. I'm not sure. Right. But one day you you st- I don't know if it was an epiphany or a day where you had enough or a day where the- someone pulls the carpet out and you lose your job and you go, enough of this. I'm taking my ship through the storm and I- I'm prepared to see what's on the other side. And that's what I did in, my- in ending my relationship. And I can't even tell you how afraid I was, like the most fearful in my life. And I've had some crazy things happen in my life. In my childhood, we all got stuff. But this was crippling to me until it wasn't. And I made a decision, no matter what was going to happen in my life, I was going to face this and I would end up better friends with my ex than before we started. And that was my two, I was going to replace anger with compassion. And I have to tell you, when I got to the other side, like I have these crazy metaphors, like my ship was in a bay and it was calm and there was other nice ships, but I wasn't happy in that bay and I was miserable in that bay. But maybe I should have felt happy. I was making money. I'm successful. I have two kids. And then one day I was like, enough. And again, that metaphor, I turned my ship into the storm and it was brutal. Sleepless nights, Xanax, friends. I flew to my buddy Tony Robbins' house and spent two days. My buddy, Dr. Amen. I'm blessed to have all these great. And I went through kind of like hell for a while. And then one day it was over and I was on the other side. And again, this silly metaphor, but my ship was out of the storm and I was in a whole different world. I navigated new territory. And I have to tell you, it was like 4,000 pounds was lift, were lifted. My kids started thriving on a whole nother level. I built a real friendship with my ex. I, I made a list of the the kind of man I needed to be the attract, to attract the woman I wanted. And I remember, I'm like, I'm not going out to look for dates. I'm going to be a better version of me. And I like had all this energy. My business started to flourish. My team's like, you're on fire. My videos were different. And I attracted the love of my life. Now I'm three years in. We have a A seven-week-old baby, I'm beyond happy. My kids are thriving. My ex is on fire. Like, but it never would have happened, Heather, and if I went too deep on that, I'm sorry, but it never would have happened if I didn't face that fear. And maybe if that's what you get out of this today, there's something you're avoiding. There's something you might be afraid of. There's something you're uncertain of. There's something that you think you need more confidence to do. I'm going to tell you, your life will never grow unless you face it.
0: Oh, that's such a great story. And thank you so much for getting into that detail, because I know for sure you just helped a lot of people. And, and even for myself, just hearing you say that, that is, you explained, when I was sitting in corporate America, I wasn't happy and I knew that I could do more. And I believed in myself so much, but I couldn't look at that opportunity because, and then there was a list of excuses why, a list of reasons why I couldn't look, a list of why I'd be selfish or I'd be crazy or it wouldn't work. All these self-doubts that came up would keep me looking away. And going through that storm is never easy. And I get so frustrated when people say, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk is a big fan of saying, enjoy the journey. F you. I've been through the journey. The journey is hard in the beginning. Yeah, the journey's great once you're established, you've got your blueprint to success, right? And you've built up your strategies, your funnels, whatever. But that beginning, when you really go through that storm, it's difficult, but it's so worth it. It's so funny you
1: said that. I agree the same thing. That journey sucked. It was the worst six months of my entire life. Like, I'm telling you, I didn't know what to do with myself. I've never been claustrophobic. Like, I was going through, Mm. I get on a plane. I'm like, I can't sit in this plane. It's too small. It was the weirdest stuff ever. It was a terrible journey, but I am a better human being. I'm a better dad. I'm a better man. I have more empathy, more compassion. I want to serve at a higher level because I went through that journey. And I have to tell you something. You said something that's really kind of a part of my DNA. I met a guy named Dave Kekage, and he was jogging. At a younger age, and he got hit by a car and he was paralyzed from the neck down. And such a positive guy. And, and I meet this guy and he's got Kekage credos. He's got this little pamphlet that folds out, and it's all his one-liners that he lives by. And one of them has always stuck out. And it said, Living the hard way is easy, and living the easy way is hard. And it just like, think about it. It's easy to order pizza and you know fried food at McDonald's and sit on the couch and binge on Netflix. That's easy. But it's really hard when you're 60 years old and you have diabetes and you're out of, out of shape and you can't play with your kids, right? It's really easy to neglect a relationship, go out, and be unfaithful, drink, party, forget about it. But it's really hard if that causes the end of a marriage or split of a, of a family, right? And it's the same thing in business. Sometimes it's easy to say, ah, you know, I'll just stay with this job. I get a paycheck every day. And while the economy shifted, I still have a job that's easy, but it's really hard when you're older and you don't have the freedom and time control and go to little league games or, or games with your kids or vacation with your family or, or do the things you always dreamed of or, or explore the world or retire and actually have money in the bank and not relying on social security or a little bit of a pension that you put together. So when I think about that, it makes me want to work hard now to plant seeds, right? Silly analogy, farmers, when they got to clear land and get rid of the trees and plow it up and plant seeds, you plant this little tiny seed and got to wait months. But when they plant the seed, eventually they harvest and have a crop. There's so many people staring at the field going, oh, I'd have to cut the trees. Then I'd have to plow the field. Oh, then I got to water those seeds. Nah, that's hard. But life is hard. Having a boss telling you what to do and you're not happy, that's hard. Not having control to do what you want when you want to do it, that's hard not living into your full potential that God or whatever you believe the universe gave you, that's probably the hardest thing in the world. So, Why not live a little harder now so you can live easier for many lives, you know, many generations to come.
0: When starting out a new business, it's a complete pain to get through the LLC part. Taylor Brands makes it 90% easier. It's easy and affordable to get your LLC with Taylor Brands. Taylor Brands offers all the legal requirements for LLCs, such as registered agent, annual compliance, and so much more. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using this link, taylorbrands.com slash confidence. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash confidence. So get started today with Taylor Brands. CBDistillery.com is giving you an exclusive offer, and it's huge right now. You can get up to 30% off What just came to mind for me when you were explaining that is this realization I didn't think about a lot when I was in corporate America, which is that if you aren't making money when you're sleeping, you're going to be working for the rest of your life. And when you're in that corporate America mentality, you're in this well-lit space and no one's talking about stuff like that. You know, those conversations aren't had and having side companies and finding ways to find real wealth, those conversations don't happen. As an entrepreneur, those are the things you start realizing, wait a minute, I need to create a product that can sell 24-7. I need to create a product that can be automated, that doesn't take so much hand-holding. I need to transfer my value, my skills and assets in a unique way and different deliverables that can produce revenue for me long-term. And that's a real shift in thinking. And I know that that's something that you've been doing for a really long time.
1: Yeah. You know, I'm going to put a little thorn in everybody's side right now. If you're a part of the time and effort community, you can never get ahead. It doesn't matter if you're an attorney who gets $2,000 an hour, you still have to work an hour to get 2,000 bucks. You'll be always be measured by the time and it's the time and effort community. And you're right. Sometimes I forget that, you know, you're thinking, oh, I can get the raise. Like, oh my God, the raise is still just a raise on your time and effort where you can't have exponential results. Right. Again, remember I said, I was saying about being an investigative reporter. Maybe this is a time to finally, and maybe you're already in the digital economy. Maybe this is a time to stop thinking about it. You already see other people getting ahead. You already know that the world is online. You already know that people are buying products, services. They're buying information now more than ever. The knowledge industry is heading towards what Forbes said, a billion dollars a day. Heather, like a billion a day. You already know that technology has been simplified through things like Kajabi and ClickFunnels and, and great sources out there. You already know that people are saying no to going back to college. They're saying no to trial and error. They're saying yes to learn from people who've already been there, to learn from a Heather who was in corporate America and now has done their own thing, or the regular person who's just been through an experience and came out on the other side. So, All I'd say is this is a time to not look back and say, yeah, I watched every Netflix series that there was, or I got sucked into the news. Be obsessive and find something you can do that when you're asleep, you could make revenue. And I, I, listen, if you're not there, it's got to sound really difficult. Like, where do I start? Just keep digging, find someone who's been there, find someone who's sharing their knowledge and has real experience. It's not too crowded. I don't think we've even seen the the surface of what you can do online. I think there's a whole nother level of self-education, knowledge industry, information age, whatever you want to call it, but you just got to be hungry and like I said, do a little bit of the hard work now. If it took you two years from today to have whatever revenue you feel is amazing coming in on a monthly basis, no matter what you did, would it be worth the next two years? You're going to work hard for the next two years anyway. Like you're going to deal with people letting you down. You're going to deal with bad days. You're going to deal with people being sneaky behind your back. You're going to deal with disappointment. It's all going to happen anyway. So if it's going to happen anyway, then maybe it's time to shift that mindset like you did, Heather, from corporate thinking to entrepreneurial thinking.
0: You know, the more that you do that, too, the more that becomes your new norm, which I I find really comforting. When the pandemic hit, I thought, okay, how can I pivot? What's a new revenue stream digital only? And I decided to launch my first ever mentoring program. Never done it. I had I've never taken a proud of you. Well, I've never taken one. So this was a completely new space to me. I understand, you know, that you've got, you've got masterminds everywhere and everyone's got these things, but I'm just, I never tapped into this, didn't know anything about it. I just knew I can deliver value to people. Didn't know how to price it. Didn't know how to outline the curriculum. Didn't know how to automate it. Nothing. I did not know. And it's so important for people to hear that because I made mistakes and I, I, I'm i way too high touch and I charge way too little. And it's been crushing me this month because the time commitment I made was overwhelming. However, all these mistakes taught me there's a better way to do it. And now I've been spending my time researching, how can I automate? How can I connect this app to that app so they can speak to each other and send the email without me ever being involved? How can I set up the online video course to connect to my Calendly? It's just so interesting how, for me, it's like reinventing a wheel because I didn't have the blueprint that somebody out there has that you have. But you know what? You can create it on your own and maybe you're going to create it a little bit better and different.
1: And here's the thing. This is when when your back's against the wall is when innovation happens. When things are fat and happy and money's coming in and everything's good, it's like, oh, I'm just gonna leave it the way it is. Don't mess with it. It's like, don't mess with it. You had to mess with it, Heather. And here's the thing, you're gonna figure out the nuances and the goods and the bads, and you're gonna find a software that helps Solve this problem, and you're going to help find a new way to communicate. And by the time you're six months in, you'll have a dialed-in program that'll generate revenue while you're impacting lives. I'm proud of you. I'm so glad that you're doing it because the world needs it. And did you enroll people into it?
0: Of course, I sold it out, Dean. Come on,
1: that's what I thought. That's that's what I thought.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So I well, because I had undervalued the program, but I'm a big believer in my background in sales, and that. The testimonials that I get and the recommendations and reviews of my work are everything. That's my best sales tool. So I needed to ensure for myself. Number one, a money back guarantee. And number two, that I was going to get great deliverables on the end on the testimony side so I could advertise it moving forward. Absolutely. And so I'm halfway through the month. These guys are so happy. They're, you know, I'm exhausted and going crazy, but I can get through the month. And now I've already raised the prices for my next month's offering. I'm tightening up, you know, a number of different things. So next month will be so much easier. And then I want to continue to evolve it in that regard. And, and the whole key to it was just getting started, just doing it, even though I didn't have the blueprint.
1: Yeah. And just think about, again, the pendulum swings, right? So let's just say over the next six months, you are going to completely master it. Plus, I'm going to send you a gift uh, when we're off. I'm going to have my team send you something that'll help you so many. Take what serves you from it, throw the rest away, but you're going to love it. Um, (laughs) But the pendulum swings so far, let's forward six months. What I was saying before, this is dialed in. You're charging what you should be charging. You're getting massive impact for your team or for the the girls or the and the guys that are learning from you. If you found it where it wasn't an inconvenience, in fact, it lit you up because you knew you were changing lives. It didn't feel overwhelming anymore because you figured out the nuances and you had Calendy and you had Zapier sending over your pieces and you had ClickFunnels collecting the money and Stripe was putting the money in your bank account and the girls and the guys were absolutely loving it. Would you ever stop doing this in seven months if it brought you that kind of revenue and that kind of impact? Okay, and sometimes, maybe this is just, me, but we get asked to speak someplace and, and you're like, oh, I got to go there. It's going to take, you know, I got to go two planes and I, I don't know, oh, maybe I can. In six months, when that changes, you might go, I'm not taking any speaking gigs unless I double my revenue and it's going to a place that I love. And that, I did that a few years ago. I just, whatever I charged to speak, I doubled it and I said, I'm only going to places I love and nobody said no, but I had the confidence to do that because I had ongoing revenue like you're creating right now. If I didn't speak that month, I still had great revenue coming in from my automated processes. That's where wealth compounds. When you have the courage to say no to certain things and you have revenue coming in, you could you know, raise your prices, be more selective. And, you know, it's really just, it's the, it's the confidence muscle, right? We start with courage. It takes courage to get started, but then once you start learning the capabilities and the capabilities turn to wisdom, then you start getting the confidence.
0: Wow. That, what you just described is total freedom. And I'm so excited because I feel like I'm along that path. And for anyone that's listening right now and hasn't started this path, this is the wake up call to do it right now. Everyone should have that freedom.
1: Yeah. If you haven't started yet, when, when is the perfect time to start? When your kids are older, when you have more confidence, when your spouse supports you more because they think you're crazy or like, there's never a perfect time. Like, is there ever a perfect time to have a baby? I was just telling you before we started, Heather, I got a seven-week-old. I had complete baby amnesia. I totally forgot every two hours you're up. You know, my wife's handling most of it, I have to say, but I'm up with her every two hours, right? Completely forget. There's never a great time to have the baby. Well, simultaneously, it's the greatest gift in the history of the world. I don't like anything more in the world than being a dad, right? But it's never convenient. You feeling uncomfortable about starting or scaling your own thing is never convenient. But when is it going to be? right? So why not start now? If you know you got to get through the uncomfortable, do, take uncomfortable action, we might as well start taking uncomfortable action now.
0: While in quarantine, because God knows it's, it's uncomfortable enough. Let's add a little yeah, bit more exactly. on. We can, we, can, we can do it. All right. So not only do you have a new baby, but you actually have a new book, Underdog Advantage. Can you tell us a little bit about it?
1: Yeah. You know, it's so funny. I, I wrote this book. It's my sixth book. My previous book was Millionaire Success Habits. And I loved that. I kind of went upstream to give people the habits for success. It didn't, didn't teach people how to get rich. It taught people the habits so they could create sustainable success. And then the underdog advantage was I wanted to go upstream even more. I use that terminology, right? It's like people are always looking for the way to get rich overnight. And I'm like, never, how many times has that worked? The six figures in six days kind of thing. Like, has it ever worked? You had the wrong habits. And so I was thinking, what's next? And I looked back in my own life and I looked at some of the most successful people in the world and I geeked out on successful people throughout history from George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, from athletes. And all of them had this thing in common. They were underdogs. And I realized what most people still will DM me, and Heather, you probably see this too. People DM me, dude, I got this great idea. If you give me a hundred grand, I'll make millions. Like I always get people say, partner with me, do and what I realize is most people think they need resources to be successful, right? They need the, the money. And if you think about it, how many people hit lotto and go broke, right? How all many of people them, I know think. Are, <laughs> yeah, right. And how many people are trust? I don't know about you, but I know a couple trust fund people. I've never met a trust fund kid that had all or, or adult that had the money and had happiness or had joy or had success in their life. I know a lot of them that have substance abuse, but it's like the, the resources didn't do crap for them. I also know people that are obsessive with raising money for new companies. They're on their fifth one. They raise the resources, but the companies fail. And it just, this correlation is we think we need resources and we don't. We're born with gifts and they could be unlocked through resourcefulness. If I could teach my kids to have money, if I could leave my kids money or resourcefulness, I would pick resourcefulness a hundred percent of the time. And, That is a gift that I think we all need to unlock. So I went through and said, man, I was an underdog. Most people feel like an underdog. I'm not an underdog anymore, but I keep an underdog mindset. Heather, I still play like I'm 10 points down. I do. And everything I attack, I attack it like I'm going to lose, like I'm going to go broke, like I'm going to be homeless. Like when I was a kid, I was, right? But I still feel that and it gives me a competitive edge. So I, uh, one day about two years ago, my nephew who is just this amazing kid. He's 27 years old. He works for me. My sister, neither one of we didn't have money when we grew up. We lived in a trailer park and all that. My sister went on to be incredibly successful. She was the best mom ever. Uh, Her husband's a great guy. And my my nephew just comes from this perfect family, came out and moved here. And one day we're sitting around and I'm thinking, I'm literally thinking about writing a book called The Underdog Advantage. Teach people how to turn disadvantages in their life into their superpower, right? And my nephew who, you couldn't have a better childhood and he says it all the time. He says, wow, Uncle Dean, I'm just... I feel like I'm an underdog because I didn't have a crappy childhood like you. So I don't have as much (laughs) desire as you do. So he literally said to me, he felt like an underdog because his childhood was too good and he wasn't that hungry. Now he's shifted that mindset. He's a monster right now. But just at that moment, I'm like, I'm writing a book called The Underdog Advantage because we all feel like an underdog and we all, so too many people use it as an excuse that it's holding them back. And I wanted to just give people the breakthrough and go, no, that's actually your gift from God. You just need to know how to turn it into fuel, not an anchor.
0: Wow. That is really empowering because first of all, it makes you feel like in good company because all these different people that you're noting and all this research that you did into history. But I find it thoroughly entertaining that your nephew felt that he was an underdog as well. Cause it's his life was too good. <laughs> that is unbelievable. So where can everyone find the book?
1: It's on Amazon, of course, or you can go to deansbook.com. At deansbook.com. It's, it's a really great read. Everybody's enjoying it. I think it's going to outperform Millionaire Success Habits. We're about at a million copies right now. I think this one's going to pass it. It's a really solid book. And at deansbook.com, if you pay the shipping and handling, I paid for the book. So I think you get a copy for like seven bucks compared to Amazon is 19. But either way, uh, it's a great read. It's perfect for what's going on in the world right now. I didn't write it. I didn't know this was coming. But uh, I think we all feel like underdogs right now. So it's the perfect read. Dean, thank
0: you so much for all that you do. I just have to let people know your energy is so good and you're so real. And I'm just so grateful for you making time today for all of us. We appreciate you.
1: Oh, thank you, Heather. It's a pleasure spending time with you. If there's anything I can do for you, let me know. And everybody listening, listen, just remember that this will end. And who are you going to be at the end of this? So start today.
0: We'll be right back.
1: I hope you loved meeting Dean
0: as much as I did. I'm a super fan of his now. I told him off air that he is such the real deal and such a nice and kind person, which I think is the biggest compliment I could ever... When you're real and kind and heartfelt, what else can you say? You're amazing. So he is the real deal. His energy comes through crystal clear I'm so grateful to have met him. I'm following him now on all social media and I'm in touch with his assistants and I'm just, I'm super happy I got to meet him. I really hope you got a lot of value from him. I certainly did. He's extraordinary. Okay, so quick pivot and this is, One of the longest podcasts ever because I'm going off on rants, but real quick, I just want to close here with a little bit of info for you on what's happening with my main mentoring program because I have been receiving a lot of questions about it. People want to know what's happening with my mentees, my team, my team OG, my original gangsters. So I have one person that quit a job and got hired for another one. Heck yeah, things are happening in the pandemic, people. I have another person that is launching a business and gave herself 100 days to code and create the product and she is killing it, showing up on social media, which she had never done before. The motivation and momentum this woman has is sick. I'm so proud of her. We have a therapist that's launching a whole new online business, which she had never done. And I'm super grateful to watch all of her success. So there's so many different people achieving so many different layers of success. One woman who's really fascinating had been sitting on an idea for years, and we went through the business plan and what she needed to do to launch it. And through that process, she realized that's not her passion. And instead, her passion was interior design. So we gave her a deadline on that. And now she's pivoting everything to go all in. So here's the thing, you don't have to do my course, but you need to do something, right? If you're not happy, if you're not achieving your potential, if you're not holding yourself accountable, tap somebody and enlist them to hold you accountable. Tap somebody that's been there, that's light years ahead of you now and get in their program or work with them or just partner with them. But hold yourself accountable to achieving your goals and reaching your flipping potential because there is nothing bigger of a waste than never realizing your true value, finding your purpose, and reaching your potential. That's my message today. I hope you are doing great, staying safe, and creating confidence in every decision you make, at least most of them, because I'm certainly not perfect. Can't wait to see you next week. And as always, subscribe, rate, and review. It means the world to me. Till next week, keep creating confidence. Once in a while, you could miss it. I'm on this journey with me. Hi, I'm here to tell you about a new podcast that I am so excited about Negotiate Your Best Life. control